take our text tonight from Second Peter, verse three, chapter three, verse nine. Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not but all should come to repentance. Let me read again. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count it slackness, but is long-suffering toward us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, um, a few, well, last month, they went through, what is it, uh, love, joy, peace, now here we are, long suffering. Uh, a few Sunday, um, a few Sundays ago, I think in our Sunday school lesson, um, the lesson was on I think it was long suffering or patience. And uh, I asked a student. Uh, one of the questions was, "What in your life require patience right now?" I think the number one answer. I don't see any of the, the student here tonight, but the number one answer was. If you want to guess, it was uh, siblings. Um, you know, if, it's amazing, right? Even if you grow up, if for some of us, siblings still would uh, require patience and a lot of long suffering. So uh, it's better to work it out now, and uh, so uh, God can give you uh, peace and strength and uh, to endure one another. But anyway, uh, but there is a little bit difference. Uh, between patience and long-suffering. I looked it up, you know, the definition of patient is to endure, but if you look up the Greek word, it is a compound word also. It means to remain or abide, and the other word is under, so to remain under. So basically, it's the ability to wait without becoming annoyed or anxious. Uh, it is primarily, primarily dealing with yourself, uh, you know, if we live in the Northwest, it's just like waiting for the rain to go away. Uh, so six, seven more months. Um, or uh, oh, waiting uh, for the IRS to respond to you. Yeah. Or um, maybe uh, a more serious note, waiting for uh, a healing, a touch from God. So, yeah, that's what the patient is. So it has to deal mainly with yourself. But uh, long-suffering, it's also the original Greek word is a compound word also. So it, of course, long, I mean, long. Yeah. And then uh, the second part of the word is temper, uh, to suffer. So basically, long-suffering is slow to anger, you know, to suffer anger with restraint, uh, to forbear, remain in emotional quietness in the face of unfavorable circumstances. Yeah, I like that. It says, remain in the emotional quietness. So it doesn't say or mean physical quietness. You know, I, I don't know if you've gone through it, you know, when I was younger or a few years back too, when an unfavorable circumstances happen or somebody do something to, to hurt you or say you, you know, yes, outside, nice, calm and smile, but inside, you, oh, you want to pull out your hair and it just bang or Hulk smash. It's just like, I don't know if you can relate that or it's just me. 
but you know, I pray through that a lot. So, but, um, but God has worked on me on that to, to teach me that, hey, long suffering is to prepare to, uh, to, um, to remain in an emotional quietness in the face, in the, in that circumstances. So it means that I don't, or we don't retaliate or try to punish. Um, and we, and it has to deal with a lot of mercy. You have to have a lot of mercy to have long suffering. You know, it does not surrender to any, um, circumstances or trial. So again, it, um, it deals greatly with kindness and uh, mercy. Um, long suffering deals with the action and ad- attitude to others that affects us. Uh, enduring others action without being annoyed or anxious and retaliating. Now, again, patience deal with circumstances, but long suffering deal with the people in our circumstances. So, uh, I like to say long suffering is patience that preserve your character. You know, so, I don't know if anybody ever said that. I think it sounds, I like alliteration. So long suffering is patient that preserve my character. Hopefully long suffering is patient that preserve your character. You know, loss and, and long suffering is patience with a purpose. There is a purpose for long, long suffering. It's for that, uh, to produce that fruit that God has planted in you and to be a witness for him. And um, long-suffering is to be exhibited in all believers. Because uh, in Colossians, when Paul wrote to the Colossians, it's Colossians 1.1, 1, 1, it says, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Also, Colossians 3.12-13, to 13, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also ye do. Do ye. So again, long-suffering is to be exhibited in our life, in everything we do, and in everything we say. Uh, also, another verse, Ephesians 4.2, with lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. So long-suffering has to do a lot with our fellow brother and sister in Christ and family member. And, uh, you know, the old nature has short, uh, short fuse and quick to re- retaliate. So, you know, for those who are not saved, uh, there's a lot of just that going on right now. I mean, even just driving to work, I'm thankful I have a sh- short commute to work. And just with that alone, the, the crazy, it's, I don't know about you, but to me, it just seems people are just getting crazier or just the, the fuse is shorter and shorter as, um, uh, time goes on. Or maybe because it's COVID, but you know, COVID has come and, you know, still here. I think it's time to live with it now. Uh, we need to adjust and we need to, uh, uh, let God handle it. Give it to God and move on. Uh, wait for the next thing. God will give us strength. God will give us direction. But, uh, you know, as long as we leave, if we allow that old nature to, uh, uh, to dwell in us, we're going to have short fuses and, uh, 
unforgiving spirit. But that's not what we're called, we're called to do. We choose to obey the Holy Spirit within us. You know, God is patient with us, so show we should have long-suffering and patient with one another. I mean, with a church, you know, this big, even Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, I mean, you know, all of us has different personality, different ideas, different thoughts. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, it's good to communicate. You know, I learned that lesson. Uh, you know, sometime I shouldn't assume this or assume that, but it's better to communicate, talk it out, ask questions, Instead of just taking a direct approach this way, my way, or the highway. Uh, but um, again, long-suffering, it's not so much the opposite of pride. It is not pride. Long-suffering, long-suffering does not uh, have pride in it because uh, pride does not allow for the uh, mistake uh, or uh, frailty of others. While long-suffering does not only bear the weakness, but also forgive and tolerate the mistake of those around us. You know, imagine how uh, our life would be or how it would affect us if long-suffering were exhibited in all our relationship. I mean, all our relationship in every area of our relationship. Um, you know, work, church, uh, school, especially uh, school and uh, everywhere in family life. Um, if it exhibit that, I mean, that is the love of Christ. And that's what God showed us. Because, uh, you know, the ultimate example of long-suffering is God. You know, uh, the one great example of long-suffering is that uh, um, God is waiting for a person to respond to his faith in Jesus Christ. You know, God is the source of long-suffering. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Adam and Eve. Can you imagine uh, God created everything in the universe? All that happened, and then he created man and woman. And then, you know, after a little while, they uh, they messed up. I mean, right there, there's the, the initial long-suffering. Imagine, I don't know, if you ever, when you were little... Um, I was thinking about when I was growing up in school, we used to have typewriter, but I guess it, most of you probably don't know what that is. But imagine if you do like texting. I, I see my wife text all the time and she write a big long text and then said, oh, that's not right. And she erased it, all that. Imagine if said, you know, God could have done that with Adam and Eve and when Kate managed, you know, they messed up. You know what? I'm going to start over. But he didn't because of his love, because of his long suffering. You know, he endured it and let it went on. And uh, because uh, he wants to give him uh, another chance, a second chance. And then come a few generations later, a few hundred, hundreds uh, years later, in the time of Noah, it happened again. I mean, God was sorrowful. He said, man, I'm so sad that uh, these people have just become so wicked. I, you know, I'll give them another chance. So he asked Noah... Uh, to build the ark, the boat there. You know, he gave him, he suffered for, or he long suffered for 120 years to give him more and more chance. Can you imagine just 120 years God was waiting to give them the chance to repent, to change their way? 120 years, and they still didn't. 
So God said, okay, fine. This is it. So he destroyed, flooded the, uh, the whole earth. And come and gone. And then started everything new. A few generations later, a few more generations later, what happened again? Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, and uh, they were wicked beyond help. I mean, men were just right in their own eyes. They were just doing whatever pleases them. I mean, sound familiar? Just like today, and the world just, uh, we live, the world is living to please itself. People are living to please uh, themselves. People are living to do what is right in their own eyes. And uh, it doesn't matter what is right or what is wrong. You know, what is wrong is right at that moment, or what is, you know, right is wrong. It doesn't matter. It's how, how they feel at the moment or what justified their action at that moment. Once that justification is gone and something new come up, you know what, oh, we didn't mean it that way, or we didn't do it that way, but you know, this is the right thing now. So there's no moral, there's no standard, there's no foundation. So again, in Sodom, Gomorrah, I mean, Abraham tried to plead to the Lord, said, you know, Lord, if there's 50 right, righteous people, can you not destroy it? God said, sure. And then he went down, you know, about 45, and all the way down to 10. And he said, yeah, ask God, say, please don't get mad at me. If there's 10 righteous people, um, can you not destroy it? And, uh, of course, there was not any 10 righteous people. And, again, God had to uh, destroy it because he, uh, his long-suffering, his character uh, was um, done and waiting. But you know what? His long-suffering will come to an end like the day of Noah and like Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, how much longer do you think that he's going to wait you know, for all the chaos, all the stupidity that's going on right now, all the silliness, all the just the self-righteous indignation that is going on right now, you know. And even a lot of these just thing that's going on out the world, I believe it's starting to creeping into the church also. You know, just a little bit thing here and there. And uh, if we let the public to set the tone for what we do in church, we're going to start to slip toward, you know, that uh, path that we do not want to go. That's why we have to stay strong and stand strong in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, God is long-suffering, but his, long, his long-suffering will come to an end soon. It could be sooner than you think. So tonight, if you think you have more time, you know, if you're here or out there listening, if you think you have time, uh, you know, I have time, I can get saved tomorrow. I can get saved, you know, maybe when I'm a little bit older. Or you know what, maybe I'll get saved when I'm done with school or college, or when I'm, I have a good career. But, you know, maybe I'll uh, commit my life when I get married. And then, or maybe, well, after a couple of children. Or maybe when I become a grandparent, you know, I'll have more time to pray for my children and grandchildren. No, we don't know the time and day when God comes back. And we don't know the time and days or the hours or what we have left on this earth. 
Only God knows that. We should not assume to know that we have whatever we given left till tomorrow or the next day or even the next hour. Because uh, God has that plan out. But it is our job, well, it is our calling, as we heard uh, the other day, to come to know, to repent our sin and give our life to Jesus Christ. Because, you know what, uh, if we don't, it might be too late. But when it is too late, it is an eternity to pay in darkness, in hell, without God. You know, and that's sad. I know because I know all of us here has family members or friends that are not saved. And there's time that I regret that. Uh, should I say some more? Should I talk? Should I try to convince? Should I be bolder? You know, yes, I could have. But I pray that when I have the, the opportunity or another opportunity, I pray that God would give me the strength to share that gospel. If I love that family member enough or that friend enough, I want them to make heaven. I don't want them to end up in hell forever in agony and pain and just in torment and suffering. Do you? I mean, do you want any of your friends or family member to end up there? I, I don't. You know, uh, the last couple of days when I was just you know, reading and um, studying about this, I said, that's one thing that, you know, that uh, sometimes it's just heartbroken for me or just tough that, man, I, I, Lord forgive me that I wasn't bold enough that I wasn't courageous enough sometimes just to step out and say, you know, hey, you need to get saved. The life you're living is not what God called you to do. But I, I pray that, you know, God will, again, give me strength for the next time the opportunity arises. But I still continue to pray for them, those who are not saved and those who need Jesus Christ. So, again, let me uh, close with this verse, Matthew twenty-five thirteen. Again, watch, therefore... For ye know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. Friends, saints, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. All you have is the insurance right now that you need to come and give your life to God. You need to get saved if you're not saved. And um, if you know the family who are not saved, friends who are not saved, pray that God give you the opportunity to, to speak to them to be an encouragement to them, to be, you know, uh, produce that fruit, to, to ripen that fruit, the long-suffering, that, uh, to show them that, that, hey, they can be saved. The life that you have is something that they want. Live the life that they want. So again, if you're not saved tonight, the only assurance that you have is right now to get saved. You are not promised the moment after this or when you leave this place. And, um, I pray that all of you here are saved. All of you have come to know Christ and gave your life to Christ because I want, honestly want to see everybody here in heaven also. And I don't want any to see anyone here perish or anybody out there listening uh, not to perish or not have the opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as the Savior. As you hear the testimony, sorry, sometimes I don't usually just rambling on, but as you hear all the testimony, you know, this life that we're given is the best. I mean, we, a lot of people think that, oh, what they, whatever they have out there, the wealth, the friends and stuff like that, you know, that is nothing compared to what Christ has given us. The peace, like you hear the testimony, the peace that you have at night. And again, the peace that passes all understanding. 
Nothing is worth that. And you can only have that when you have Jesus Christ in your life. So tonight, if you don't have that, uh, I invite you to come down and pray and give your life to Christ. And the song for uh, invitation is 561.